0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to the voice by matt show my name is matt bertho and i'm your host and today i have a legend with me this guy uh you know when you meet somebody and you're like i know them and i know their energy and you know other of our friends have told me that you gotta meet tom you gotta meet tom so this is tom Caravella from jersey and we just got back from watching Metallica in concert in Saint Louis. Um, and I learned some things about Tom that I even respect Tom more now. Mm. Because let me tell you guys, Tom not only is a badass business guy that helps a lot of people, that is an inspiring father and husband and leader, but Tom was a former wrestler. Hell yeah. And I know the kind of wrestler Tom was based on what he told me and our our conversations about practices and what we like about wrestling. So welcome to the show, Tom.
1: Thank you, Matt. I'm so excited to be here, man. I I love this because I love the podcast world and I love being able to talk to my friends. So we're doing a lot all in one fell swoop here.
0: Yeah. So tell me, Tom. uh, Tell them a little bit about yourself and and what like like business wise what you do because you do so many things. I couldn't even remember everything. Yeah, give them give me a little download about Tom.
1: Yeah, I'll make it. I'll make it short and sweet and give the uh, abridged version. Um, But I own and run an executive search firm, so I'm basically a headhunter for the pharmaceutical and biotech industry. So we're very, very niche in what we do. Um, My team, which is in Northern New Jersey, we're a small team um, that's so niche that we really mainly focus on one area of the pharmaceutical industry. So in pharma and biotech, there's something called the medical science liaison, which is very popular right now. Um, It's a field-based scientific person that actually will share research-based information on products and drugs and devices, Um, but not sales. They don't sell anything. It's very scientific and non-promotional. So the reason I explain that is because that's what our area of specialty is. We've been doing it for 23 years. And I happened to start a podcast specific to this medical science liaison role. Um, They call them MSLs. So I started a podcast called MSL Talk. Hmm. And MSL Talk, um, which is now three and a half years old, 175 episodes, um, actually 177. Your podcast episode was 177, I believe. Yep. And which is out this week. And the the beauty of launching it when I did it was actually March of 2020. It was COVID.
0: Holy crap.
1: Yeah. Literally. I didn't plan it. You know, it just <laughs> happened. I did my, my launch was March of 2020 and COVID hit. And I wound up with a captive audience and the podcast blew up. We have close to 400,000 listeners in 90 countries. Oh gosh, Tom. um, So I have this community of podcast um, family, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, As a result, I do a lot of coaching, speaking, training. I'm a certified speaker, trainer, and coach. I have a coaching program for people that are aspiring to be medical science liaisons. I'm in the process of writing a book, which is going to be for job seekers, more to come on that. Um, and I'm going to have a whole separate coaching program for for those folks too. So I got a lot going on.
0: How did you get into this?
1: Just accidentally on purpose is how yeah. I describe it. I was a pharmaceutical sales rep.
0: Okay. That makes and
1: sense. I was Literally in the gym one day and oh guy gets on the machine next to me. And we started up a conversation and he tells me that he and a couple of guys he knows were starting up a recruiting firm in technology, IT. Okay. And he said, you know, we need somebody like you. We need a sales guy, somebody with sales experience that that can help us because we're a bunch of programmers. Would you, would you be interested in, in talking to us? like, hell yeah, I'll talk to you guys. And I started working for this IT recruiting company part-time and learned the business to the point where I was like, wow. I mean, this is is really cool. This is back in like 19, late 90s. Yeah. And we were killing it. So I quit my day job. I literally left the pharmaceutical sales gig, started working with these guys, and then 9-11 happened. And after 9-11 we just business i mean the wall street financial it community got rocked and so did our company so at the time it was a crossroads for me um i lost my cousin on 9 11 so my cousin craig worked for Cannon fitzgerald um and we were really close like really close like i have a twin brother And quite honestly, my cousin Craig was literally as close to me as my twin brother. That's how close we were. So like I wake up one day and like lost, not lose everything, but I lost a lot. Business was totally in the crapper because of 9-11. My cousin just died and we're trying to recover from that. The world was like in chaos.
0: Oh yeah, I remember.
1: But in the ashes of that whole experience, I started my business. I decided that, you know what, I can apply what I know from recruiting to the pharmaceutical industry. And I took a chance and I started this business and landed, like literally landed, my first client was Bristol Myers Squibb. I landed them overnight and the rest was history. Wow.
0: I was just talking about on Facebook today, because you know we've had quite a few deep talks in the, the the small amount of time I've known you, but one of the talks I know we've had that I talked about on Facebook Live today and on Instagram was the the tragic things that happen in our life propel us into the future, into our next chapter, next book. Of our life if if we if we learn from the tragedy and the whatever the hardship is in that in that horrible moment right
1: mm-hmm.
0: and for you the 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 whole world had tragedy in that moment
1: oh yeah yeah and yeah we all we all shared an experience as a, as an american yeah. that was a shared experience where in my entire adult life i don't remember ever and may never see another time that we were so unified there were so many the the american um sentiment and pride and and the americanism and patriotism that we saw post 9 11 right after it happened there were flags outside of everyone's house.
0: Yep. Everyone
1: band together. Everyone yep. was in it as a unit, as in you know, just in unity. And I feel like that was the last time we were this unified. It through tragedy we became unified. Mm-hmm.
0: Tom, how in the world? I mean, I, I want you to talk about this because I know your wrestling background, and I know how tough someone has to be to make it through the levels that you made it through as a wrestler. Um, Tom wrestled at Rutgers at 167 pounds. Yes, sir. Uh, He wrestled in high school at 170, which is what I wrestled in high school, which is really fun. Mm. Um, But I know like the pain and the agony and the discipline and the dedication that it took to survive that sport. Cause it, I mean, it is a survive that sport. It oh, totally is. Yeah. It is. How, cause I'm, man, I know like, um, I think this is important because, you know, we're, we're still dealing with the after effects of COVID in, in yep. some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the closest thing we've dealt with uh, as far as tragedy worldwide Close to 9 11 right? Yep. How did you in that tragic moment listen to God, the internal voice, the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it? Where did you learn to listen to that? How did you listen to that? What was it a, what is it? Was it just like, okay, I'm gonna do this thing. I see this, I see this, I'm gonna make this happen. Where where did that vision come from?
1: It didn't. At the time, so it's interesting that you should ask me about my faith at that point and how I I did this because at the time, I was mad at God. Yeah. At the time, I was mad. I was mad. Yeah. I, I didn't understand how I could be in that situation. Being faithful, mm. being a servant and being a Christian and believing what I believe, mm. Um response. I was at the absolute worst that I it it could get for me. Um being, you know, growing up in a very close knit Italian family, losing my cousin who was literally like a brother to me. Never imagined my life without him in it. You know, he was 30 years old ju- with a 2 month old baby at home. He was married for like a year. Two-month-old baby at home. He just redid this. His house was beautiful. Everything was redone. There was a whole life about to blow up. And and this kid, if you knew him, you, you want to talk about a bright light that when he walked in the room, you want to talk about energy. I mean, this dude, he came to visit me at Rutgers one time. For months, people would come up to me and be like, hey, man, how's your cousin? When's your cousin coming back around? I'm like, I didn't even know you met him. Like, how did you... Like, he just had an impact on everybody around him. So now I'm recovering from that. Business is, I mean, it's like almost non... There's like almost nothing left. We're fighting to figure out what we're going to do with this business, which I wasn't a part of. That was not my company. That was I was working for somebody else. And I actually... Approach them to see if, you know, I'm like, all right, well, we're back to square one here. Let, I want to be a partner, like cut me in. Let's, let's do this. So now I'm at this crossroads thinking, okay, well, that's the motivation I'm going to need to help build this back up. And the funny thing is the guy that actually invited me to come and join, like, and, and start working with them said, no. Hmm. The other partner was actually was like, no, like, yeah, we, we, we definitely need Tom. And the other guy's like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. So I was like, you know, guys, you you guys, whatever, you know, I don't need to be a partner. I'm going to do my own thing. And I told him, like, I'm gonna do my own thing. I'll help you. I'll keep, I'll keep doing. So I literally made the decision right there that I was going to start something else in the pharmaceutical industry um getting back to my faith getting back to that part of the conversation um it just took me a minute you know it took me a little while to to get my head around it because i was Mm -hmm. just upset i didn't understand how something so tragic, how i could be in such a bad dark place in so many different ways in my life uh my kids were little my kids were real little at the time that's
0: why i was about to ask i was uh, i did i want to know if you were married there did you have kids
1: Yeah, my daughter Ava was a baby. So you took a risk. Yeah. Oh, listen, it was. I was at a time I had no business doing what I did. You know, I had a, you know, I I had big, beautiful house. Like, you know, living in New Jersey, taxes. I didn't want to tell you what my taxes were. (laughs) It was a huge risk. So here I am. You know, on the heels of. A financial collapse
0: was wife an working? emotional
1: collapse A f- spiritual collapse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Was wife working? Was no. your wife
1: no? No. Nope. So okay, let so me tell you, Matt. I, just to, to to round it all all no, out. No, but,
0: but I, I have a question though. Because go for it. Like you're, I mean, all of us. That are entrepreneurs that that put ourselves out there that risk massively like this, right? We love it. It's exciting. It's like, yeah, let's go for this shit. Let's do this, right? And I, I could just see young Tom being like, all right, F it. I'm just gonna do this thing. Let's go. Right. But there's also the montage part of the Rocky where you have this moment where you're alone. Because I know that moment for me, it was in the Catholic church here. I, this girl told me that something awful happened to her in a voice lesson one time. Like one time. It was like 10 or 15 years ago. And, I, and I'm not Catholic, but I told Andrea, my wife at the time, I said, I'm not bringing this home. I gotta go to the church. I'm gonna sit in the pew. I'm gonna talk to God. And I'm gonna give it to God. And that's what I did. And I, and I, I think of you with all these collapsings, all this stuff happening. And was there a moment, Tom, where you were alone, literally alone, where you had to cast the 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 line to God that said, Okay, I need help. I'm back.
1: Yeah. Um not one moment. It took several moments. It took what did, time. What did those it look was, like? It was um, it was every day after nine 11 for probably two, two months, probably like two months where every day, maybe more, maybe it was like three months every day, Matt, I was walking around lost. Hmm. I was lost.
0: And you couldn't, I didn't the news know on. You didn't want to watch any of that. I didn't part. want to
1: watch any of that stuff. People were like glued to the TV. I couldn't watch it. No. You know, and I I equate, and every once in a while, someone like on or around the anniversary of 9-11, someone will post a picture of the towers burning, like that picture of the towers on fire, right? And it, it drives me completely insane because it's like if you lost your family in a car accident, right? And someone found the photo. Oh man, how would you feel if they posted the photo? Oh
0: man, of, I'd go of crazy. your family.
1: You just lost I'd your family crazy. in a car accident. How would you feel? Would that's how crazy. I feel when I see that picture of the towers burning. You know, and Whew. so now that's going on around me where everybody is is in this state of shock. And not amusement because that's not the right word but they are it's just like any other time where something gets sensationalized people are glued to it it's a moth to a flame kind of thing Mm. and that's what was happening i was doing the opposite i was you know i was just in this place where i just wanted to just withdraw from everything i remember spending a lot of time with my kids and and just making sure that like that would, that comforted me. It was just the blessing of my children and my wife and my family staying close. Like I was with my family a lot, my cousins and we, we just stuck together. And I Mm. think through that togetherness and through that strength of our family, we eventually, you know, time heals wounds. It, 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 it it doesn't heal them completely. They're always there, but it got us through it. Mm. Um, And then eventually I wound up realizing, okay, because you know what happened, Matt? I got to a point where I was like, all right, you're just feeling sorry for yourself now. Okay. Like, let's go. If Craig was here right now, he'd be like, dude, let's go. All right, let's, get- let's go. It's time. Yep, we got to wrap yep, up. Yep. You know, it's time. And that was that was one of the I think the wake up call for me is like one day I was just like it just dawned on me that he would be pissed if he saw me man he would be pissed and and at that time I I realized that I'm not the only one I'm not the only one that goes through hardships it's not me and I I I, I asked God to forgive me for for what I was thinking and saying and and yeah. being selfish because we all go through our, our hardships. Oh. Um, and I I got back to a place of just saying, you know what? I trust you. I don't know why this happened, but it did. And there's something better out there for me. And I just put every ounce of my being into my business from that point on.
0: Tom, you, you, uh, you said something in that amazing uh, recollection right there that I think is beneficial for anybody that's going through hardships and trauma, especially losing somebody. You know, there's a time to grieve, and it does take time, but also... You know, I think about my dad that passed in June 2020. I think about my grandpa, my other grandpa, any, anybody, right, that passed away in our lifetime that we really love and care about. But Tom said something really, really profound. And I, I've thought about this in my life. Obviously, we do, right? But how do your ancestors want you to show up every day, right? Do they want you to sulk and feel sorry for yourself every day? No. Like my family that has passed, they are like my biggest cheerleaders. And so if I, if they're all in this room right now, and all Tom's ancestors in the room with him right now, they're all doing this right now. Good job. (laughs) Good job. Good job, Tom. Way to go, man. Way to shine your light. Good job, Matt. Way to use your voice. You're doing it. You're, You're changing the family tree. And that's, that's the truth. And uh, I think that we forget that. Like, uh, and, and that's, it makes sense. That's how you got out of that funk.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, that was it for me. It was the realization that I wasn't doing anybody any good. I wasn't doing myself any good. I wasn't doing my family any good. Um, I was just being, I was, I was just being a, I was being weak at that point hmm. because I was beaten down to a point where I never thought I would be, and it just took me a minute. And again, look, I don't know what was the time frame. Was it, you know, like I said, was it like two months, three months? I don't know, but I do remember it was longer than normal for me because I'm I'm usually I'm usually pretty good at bouncing back, um, but I had some hard decisions to make, and I faced it. And you know what? It's, it's one of the turning points in my life.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, thank you for sharing it, because that is going to give people that are stuck that I think you intuitively, spiritually knew what you had to do. But that, that resolution of your cousin being in the room, Tom, let's go. Come on, man. Oh yeah. Um, that's uh that's a beautiful image. That's a beautiful movie to think about. And yeah, that's uh that makes a lot of sense and you know this whole podcast is about how you found your voice, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a piece of the journey that, you know, sometimes there are there are moments in my life where I just felt God calling me, pushing me in a direction, and just saying, Hey, you know, that you need to do this. The podcast was one of those moments where, um, you know, a few years ago before I launched the podcast, I had a a marketing coach who was very instrumental in helping me with my business. And he called me up one day and he said, Hey, I was thinking about you. Um, He said, You need to have a podcast. And just got the idea in my head and and was like, you're the perfect, you're the perfect guy to do a podcast. And at that point, something clicked inside. I was like, You're right. I do have to have a podcast. I don't know how to do it, but you're right. And he helped me put it together. And that literally was the foundation. It was, you know, sometimes things de- things develop and you have to convince yourself and you know, you have to warm up to an idea. At least I know I do.
0: Well not I, I want, for that I, I want... Let's unpack that. Cause this is fun because what yeah. you just said, like it makes total sense to me now that I know you, right. You know, you were in sales, you're, you're a professional at talking to people. You're a professional, at, um, having relationships with people. You got to build these relationships with people. What do you do on a podcast? Same thing, Yep. the exact same thing. Yep. Only what's really cool about the podcast is that, you know, you get to record it. It's there forever this, this, this moment, this interaction, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, if, if I was, if I was one of your boys back in the day, I would have said the same thing to you because there's some characteristics that you have, Tom, but I want to unpack a little bit. Yeah. So one of them is you're not judgmental to people. You just aren't. You let people be themselves in front of you which is very rare, very rare. Um, There's very few times in my life where I'm around somebody that's, well, a lot like me, that's just like this, hey, how's it going? I'm Matt, or I'm Tom, and you're open, right? That I don't feel judgment from you. I don't feel like Tom thinks he's better than anyone. And so I wanna talk about a little bit where you learned that 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 um non-judgmental um like internal thing you have was that from mom was it from dad is that the way the family grew up is you know what where did that come from
1: yeah i mean it came from like two things um first of all i was raised in a house where um a conservative house where Both my parents, my father's a really mild-mannered guy, really mild-mannered. Okay. Uh, I mean, like, if you met my dad, you'd be like, wow, that guy is so late. There's not a bad bone in that guy's body. I've never heard him say anything negative about anybody. It's just Mm. the way he is. My mom, who's fiery, who has a lot of energy, and like, she literally, she was the disciplinarian. She raised us. She she ingrained in us this very, very simple principle. And, and I just remember being a kid growing up and hearing this over and over and over is you treat others the way you want to be treated. That was the way I was brought up. and mm-hmm. and And my mom was serious about it. It wasn't just something that was, you know, one of these things that parents say. Like that's literally how we were raised and how we were meant to live our lives, and the second thing, I was picked on when I was a kid. I was bullied when I was a kid. Man. um You know, I was I was a fat kid growing up. Like no when I was way, little. Tom! Oh hell yeah! Oh dude, I show I'll show you pictures. You laugh your ass off. Like I was the fattest kid, and like you know, I'm talking like going back to like kindergarten. I was like five years old. You know, like from five to maybe ten. I don't I don't know. I don't know when. I kind of grew out of it, but yeah, I got picked on all the time. They used to make fun of me. They used to called me tubby Tom when Boy. I was little. Yeah. They, I went to Catholic school. This is how bad it was back then. I went to Catholic school. I, and every year we would have like a class play, right? The, the, I'm not making this up. The oh, teacher man. cast me as Humpty Dumpty in the school play. Come on, Tom. <laughs> You can't make this up. I was Humpty Dumpty in the school play, right? I mean, so that's I know what it's like to feel bad about yourself. I know man. what it's like, and I, because of that, I don't. I would never pick on somebody. I would never. Oh, I feel yeah. the opposite. I feel like I have an obligation to make other people feel good about themselves.
0: Yeah, man. You do find right. some
1: way to just make them feel good about themselves. Because I know what it's like when other people don't make you feel good about yourself and you second guess yourself and you feel like you're not good enough and it's a horrible feeling. Yeah, This is going back to when I was little.
0: No, I love this because this makes a lot of sense of how you found your voice. Yeah. And what you stand for and what you stand up for. This makes so much sense. Yeah. So you joined wrestling when? When did you start wrestling?
1: I started wrestling when I was in third grade, okay. so I was like right around that time. When I start, when I when I started wrestling, yeah, yeah. I, was a I was
0: gonna, I was gonna, I ask. was a heavyweight. Holy crap! Yeah, Tom.
1: I was so big, and the fun, the thing is, Matt, I, I literally, if you saw a picture of me in seventh grade, uh-huh. you would think it was a couple weeks ago. Like I looked like this in seventh grade shaving Bro, what? like literally full height full maturity what seventh grade yeah i was like a man child <laughs> yeah yeah i just that was but when i was getting back to like when i was in third grade i was just i grew i was so ahead of everyone else um And I came from an Italian family that was my grandmother would feed me meatballs. Like, you know,
0: uh, did, did it change? Did they start making fun of you because you were this man child? Well, they were probably scared then shit. They were, yeah. um, You know, I
1: grew out of the fatness, right? So I grew out of that piece.
0: (laughs) I love that.
1: And, um, you know, I got into sports. I became an athlete and, um, started wrestling in third grade started playing football right around the same time so i played football and i wrestled Me too. um i played baseball for a little bit too but Me i gave too. that up um but i um i had a lot of success in sports um and as big as i was i was really really fast
0: yeah
1: really fast which is it. odd which is odd like we and the and the funny thing is when we would do sprints at the end of practice oh yeah I was one of the biggest kids and even had a gut. And I was still blowing everybody away, smoking everybody. So I was number 72 and they made me a running back. (laughs) They took me from the line. Actually, what they did was I was a tackle, offensive tackle, because I was so big. Number 72. And then they realized after like midway through the season, like this kid's got speed. So they put me at tight end and there was a play that they made up for me. It was called the end around. So I would oh, yeah. come to the tight end position and it was like a reverse. Pew. They gave me the ball yeah. and I would just literally run up the sidelines and I would score every single time. And then they were like, well, every time we give this kid the ball, he scores. So we're going to make him a running back. Holy crap. Tom. And I, that's how I became running back.
0: So you, you kicked ass in high school and wrestling i yep. assume yeah how'd you yep. how'd you do in high school in wrestling we never talked about
1: well i think i told i i don't know if i explained this to you but like when in high school back when um when i was yeah, in high school one through
0: six A, it's all one class
1: well in new jersey there's only one state tournament right it's that's not like ass yeah that's there's ass. only one so it was it's really hard to place in the state, let alone be a state champ, yeah. it's just it's a really competitive place. The highest I finished was top eight, and and That's what I mean amazing. by well, what I mean by that is there when I was in high school there were no wrestlebacks. You only made it to a certain point, and the only and then people it's that, over, yeah. Then it's over. So I was the final eight. That meant that f- like anyone from five, six, seven, eight, the last four spots didn't get a chance to compete the way they do now. Now there's wrestlebacks to third. I know. So could I have been third, fourth, fifth, maybe? I don't know, but I wasn't one or two. So then you got to Rutgers and you Did you wrestle all four years at Rutgers? I actually did not. I, I, I stopped wrestling after my junior year because I just couldn't cut weight anymore. I just couldn't oh, do it.
0: Bro, I feel you. That's I the worst do it. part couldn't.
1: I couldn't do it. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to make a career out of this. It's killing me. I'm not enjoying the experience. The only reason I really wanted to wrestle after a while was just to be with my friends because all my yeah, friends man. wrestle. Yeah. That's it. I just want to hang out with my friends. And I, I hated college wrestling. I hated it. <laughs> I did. Um, and, you know, it's funny. I, I actually, uh, I have this conversation with my son and my daughter because they're both competitive athletes. Both my kids are Division one athletes, highly, highly recruited Division one athletes. And I told them one of the biggest regrets in my life was that I didn't take wrestling seriously in college. I just didn't. And you know what? Looking back, you know, it's either you do or you don't. Right. And, and I was in this gray area where I just wasn't sure if I really wanted to commit to it. Sometimes I would, sometimes I wouldn't, and you know what happens? You become very mediocre when that happens.
0: Oh yeah, dude. And that's, that's why I quit wrestling. I didn't, I did not wrestle in college because I literally was burned out. Like I was tired of the cutting weight. I was tired of, I mean that I was tired of cutting weight. Like it, yeah. it uh, and you know, it's, it, my brother wrestled for the Air Force Academy. He lasted a few years. His knees gave out, you know. But it's a it's a it's the hardest sport. It just yep. is. Yeah. Um, so that's I'm glad we got to talk about wrestling because that was fun. Because <laughs> I definitely <laughs> want to talk about that. But the other cool part um that I want to talk about about your voice is, you know, where are you going now with it? With your voice. Yeah. You know, what are you what are you doing now with it? Like what's the vision of the future for Tom?
1: The future for me, Matt, is so obvious. I've never been more clear about my future. Ever. Let's go. Well, you know, I've been in this niche. And I explained to you how I'm in this niche. And I think I'm making a pretty big difference in that the podcast provides a source of information for people all over the world. And it's informate it's free. And it's information that's out there and people are landing new positions in the pharmaceutical industry. And they're learning a lot about how to succeed in, in their careers. And and I love it, but it's niche. Mm. Where I'm going is a broader audience. So I want to take my expertise as a career services, career development expert, as a coach. And I want to share that with the entire world. So anyone that is a job seeker looking to land their dream job, looking to find a job, maybe they got laid off, maybe they were downsized and are having a difficult time. I want to be the I want to provide resources for those people that give them the answers to the test. So, I'm writing a book. And my book is going to be all about that. All about how to find success in a job search, how to land your dream job. And along with the book is going to be a course. I want to have the book as a guide to say, all right, well, this is what Tom's telling me to do. But if they really need the details and they really need handholding and they really want me to give more of my time other than the book, I'm going to put together a course that's probably going to be a good 10 hours of content, which is me in front of a computer, video, camera. Just pouring into them, okay, here's what you do first, here's what you do second, here's what you do third, here's how to negotiate a job offer, mm. everything in between, so that they have everything they need throughout the whole process, and I feel that really strongly in my heart that that's what I need to do
0: yeah, you you love
1: people, I do,
0: yeah, so th- that that those are the questions i'm going to ask you towards the end of this podcast now the, the questions that I want to know because I feel like you know these answers to these questions I'm going to ask um these are the questions that I had to answer in my life that got me to this point the reason why we're on this podcast right now yep <clears throat> so the first question is what do you love just what do you love
1: out of everything in yeah. life yeah Wow, I love, there's so many things I love. I mean, I just,
0: you could talk about a million of them. Just what? Yeah.
1: What do you, I love, love, I love my family. I love being a dad. I love being a husband. I love waking up every day, getting a chance Hmm. at being better than the day before. I love it. I, I, I have friends that are like, Yeah, I'm fine. I don't need to do anything other than I'm doing. And Mm. I am the opposite. I love chasing a better version of myself. That's Mm. what gets me excited. That's what Mm. it is. That's what I love. You segued into the next question.
0: Good job. You didn't even mean to do it. Tom, what makes you tick? What makes you
1: tick? People. People make me tick. I love, I need, I love being around people and that makes, and and my wife's the opposite. She would rather be by herself and that's fine, but people make me tick.
0: Okay. Uh, We are the same in that, I think. Um, You knew
1: that was going to be my answer. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I did. (laughs) What, uh, what are your purposes? What are some of your purposes?
1: Well, the 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 purpose just staying on the same theme, the purpose right now is to use my experience, my skills, my talent, that what I'm blessed with mm-hmm. to expand and help more people. Yeah. And, and let me be clear about something. Like, I don't want to make this sound like I'm I'm some savior that's gonna save everybody that's that's out of work and it's just gonna be this um. You know this this free you know exchange and i'm just going to go out there and just be this really charitable person this there's a business behind this i mean i'm i'm looking to expand my business there's there will be charges there will be costs associated with this i'm doing it for free no but i could tell you the value of what i'm going to provide for people is going to be so great that they're going to they they're going to want to pay me more. <laughs> they're not going to be able to pay me enough. They're going to be so overwhelmed with what they're going to get out of it. Not just from being able to secure their next position. That's not, you know, anybody can do that. You can read a book, you can go online. It's how do you change as a person? How do you change your mindset? Just I fully believe that I have an obligation to help people be the best version of themselves in the same way that I do it for for me every day. And that's the bigger part of it, is not just to help people get jobs, but to help them become better in every way.
0: Same. Uh, The last question. So what is Tom's legacy that he wants to pass down on this earth?
1: Man, there's so much that I want to do and so many things I want to pass down. But you know, I like think when you're
0: gone, when you're gone, what do you want us to remember? What do you want us to learn? What do you want us to hold on to? Like you talked about your friend that passed, your cousin. Yeah. You held on to his energy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I I could tell you as I think of my kids, just as you ask that question. That's the first thing I thought of was my kids. Yep. And I want my kids and everyone that has ever met me
0: Hmm.
1: or been around me to be left with an idea that Hmm. they can be something really special. Hmm. They don't have to be mediocre, they can live a life beyond what they thought their potential was. And that's, and honestly, I know that that sounds really hokey. No, but honestly, Matt, that's where I'm at. I just want to live my life to its fullest potential. I Mm -hmm. don't want to look back and say, wow, I really could have done a lot more. Hmm. And there was a quote I heard recently from Tim Grover. And it was, we were at that, that event in Vegas and Tim Grover said, and it was like, it, it just, I think it hit all of us like a bolt of lightning. And it, it was, if you think the price of success is high, wait till you get the bill for regret. Yeah. And that's how I feel. I feel like I don't want to do regret.
0: Yeah, because we've all done it. We've all done it.
1: I've done it. There's plenty of things I look back at. Could have done this, should have done that. And, and I don't want to do that anymore. I'm 56 years old. Just turned 56 yesterday.
0: Hey, 56. You look like you're 40, bro.
1: <laughs> that's the plan. That's part of the plan. Anti-aging. You said, what makes me tick? What makes me tick is beating the clock. That's what you are, makes me tick. You're beating it. You're winning. Oh, no, man. That's That's one of my personal agendas every day. There's longevity and okay. beating the clock.
0: Well, that's a whole nother podcast that we need to do. Yeah. I was talking about that.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell, yeah. I live it. I live yeah. it. Yeah. Passionate about it. Man,
0: Tom, uh, we are going to have a lot of fun in life.
1: Oh, hell, yeah, like, we are.
0: Like, uh, I'm, I'm so excited to uh, be around you and build and um, do evolve with you, with Angela yeah. and the team. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, Angela told me, she goes, you got to meet Tom. You guys are going to, I know it, you, your energy, like you guys are going to hit it off. And you know, when someone says that to me, I'm always like, okay, let's see. But man, the second I met you, I was like, come on, man, this is, this is amazing. And, and the fact that there's so many commonalities between us. Is really really cool, um, you know. I'm I'm 46, so you have 10 years on me, and you are you are definitely an inspiration to me. And wow. the way that you live your life, um, the way that you hold yourself, um, the way that we started it, you know, the non judgmental thing. Um, you know, I love how you are very uh, mindful and aware of the negative conversations and negativity that you put yourself around. I'm the same. Um, I don't like to talk about it. I don't like to be a part of it. I don't like to be around it. I like to be around people that wanna build, that wanna grow, that wanna get better, that wanna better themselves. And it's, it's cool that I have you in my life now. And um, I'm, I'm so excited for you to help people find their full potential. Because that's one of my missions too in in my work that I do with the voice is helping people find their voice, their whole voice, so that their soul can come out and say hello. And part of that process is mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and abundantly raising those pillars Mm. so that we can be whole, so that our voice can come out. And you have such an amazing voice that is powerful that people feel Tom. And I can't wait to watch you on stages worldwide sharing your gift because it's, it's going to be magnificent. It's going to be amazing. And I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to introduce you. I can't wait to be a part of those stages with you. Um, because I, I see it, I feel it. I know it's common. Um, And you're just a really, yeah, you're just a great, whole energetic, like your, your soul is outside of you. And that's an amazing thing. Like people feel it. Yeah. And, and the people, and I'll tell you this too, this is just another awareness thing that I've had with you. There are people that can handle Tom, that can handle Tom's energy, that, that want to be a part of Tom's energy. Like me, like I want to sit in it with you and you want to sit in mine, right? But I've also noticed that there are people that are like, it's like kryptonite almost to people that don't, this is going to be deep shit right here, that don't do the work, that don't meditate, that don't pray, that don't do working out, that don't read, that don't better themselves. And so I hope by by listening to Tom today, all of you will do the work on yourself first so that you can show up for your family the way that tom has his whole thank
1: you brother listen thank you for your kind words thank you for the invitation thank you for giving me this chance to uh to share my story and you're special man and i i I, again i only know you for a short period of time but i love you i think the world of you and i can't wait to do all the shit that you said we were gonna do because we got a lot of fun stuff coming. But oh, all right, man. I got another meeting to jump on. <laughs> all right.
0: I'll talk to you later, Tom. Thanks for being on the show.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you. Thanks, hey, Matt. How can Thanks people get a hold of you real quick? How can people get a hold of you? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah, okay. go to LinkedIn. It's Tom Caravella, C A R A V E L A. I put my whole world on LinkedIn. You find me on Instagram as well under Tom underscore Caravella. Those two two places.
0: All right. I'll Thanks see guys. You guys next time.